Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. In this episode, what I've been working on this summer. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fine Art Photography Podcast. I know I've been falling down on the job here in terms of consistency, but I've had a busy summer. How about you? As always, I spent my time making photographs. I hiked to a cave. I traveled to Virginia to shoot the ghost town at Union Level, which is an amazing destination, but I had terrible light that day. But on the way to Virginia, I stopped in North Carolina to shoot a collection of historic buildings gathered around a rural intersection. It's a traditional configuration for that region, with businesses collected around a crossroad and surrounded by a smattering of homes with farmlands further out. While I was there, I made some photographs of the beautifully preserved C.H. Pender Grocery Store building that's been there since the 1880s and operated continuously until at least the late 1990s. My photo of that old grocery store is the featured image for this podcast episode. While I was there, I also shot the grocery with some medium format film, and that's another thing I've been doing over the summer. I've been rekindling my relationship with analog photography. I've been using my trusty Hasselblad 500CM and thoroughly loving it. It seems like the film photography resurgence is a real phenomenon, and I'll have to admit, I love the way the film photographs look. Speaking of film, I tried Cinestill XX black and white film, and I can't recommend this film enough. It's pricey. But I guess that's obvious, though, because film photography is expensive. But the double X is sharp and rich and contrasty, and it's going to be my personal film of choice for the near future. What Cinestill does is they recut movie film stocks into medium format and 35mm photography films, and they repackage them under their own brand. Cinestill double X is the classic Kodak Eastman double X 5222 cinema film stock that's still used in Hollywood and has been since the late 1950s. According to the Cinestill site, the film stock has been used in the productions of some of Hollywood's greatest black-and-white films, movies made since the 1950s anyways, including The Lighthouse, Raging Bull, Schindler's List, Memento, Kill Bill Volume 1, Manhattan, and Young Frankenstein. And kudos to all those film directors who fought the battle to shoot on black-and-white film rather than shooting in color and converting afterwards. While the film is rated at 250 ISO for daylight, I metered it at 200 ISO, and it still seems pretty nicely exposed to my eye. Now, I found the Cinestill black and white film to be extremely sharp with strong contrasts and a pleasing film grain. It gives crisp images, but not clinical. They retain that warm, special look that distinguishes film from digital. By the way, this podcast is not sponsored by Cinestill or any of the other brands that I might mention in this episode. Now, this summer, I learned about a local town that was razed to the ground in the 1960s in the belief that it would be submerged beneath a reservoir created by a new dam. What happened, though, was caves soaked up more water than the Army Corps of Engineers had anticipated, meaning that the town site remained high and dry and was demolished for nothing. But apparently, the general belief was that the town was underwater all these years until the Native American History Association began researching a lost route for the Trail of Tears that ran through the old town 
and they were using Google Earth and realized that the site of the old town of Jefferson was actually still there above water. The town was established in 1803 and was a county seat for a short while. Well, this was more than I could resist. I packed my camera bag and plenty of mosquito spray and hiked out into the old town area of Jefferson to see what I could find. The roads still exist, although they're overgrown, but I did find some evidence of the bulldozed town in the woods there, and I hope to go back in the wintertime when the ruins will be easier to see. Let's see, what else did I do this summer? Oh yeah, I visited the small community and partial ghost town at Hollow Rock, Tennessee, where I photographed an abandoned downtown and a beautiful white farmhouse that's in amazing condition despite being abandoned. I also made my third, or maybe it was my fourth visit to Old Car City in North Georgia to shoot some rusty antique cars, again using the Hasselblad with an 80mm Carl Zeiss lens and the Cinestill XX. If you don't know about Old Car City, it's a really old junkyard about an hour north of Atlanta, filled with thousands of classic old automobiles that are just rusting away under the pine needles in the forest. The owners of the property have opened it up to photographers for a fee, and you can wander the woods for hours looking for compositions amidst the rust, chrome, and decay. They have vehicles organized into clusters, so there's an area with 57 Chevys, for example, and there's a long alley with antique pickup trucks. You get the idea. And recently, the Hanamula Paper Company contacted me to see if I wanted to test their natural line of sustainable fine art photo papers. They sent me 20 sheets of the paper, five sheets each of sugarcane, agave, hemp, and bamboo. These papers are made from sustainable fibers that require less water than traditional paper components like wood and cotton. They require no pesticides. They have shorter growing cycles, which means they can provide higher yield on the same acreage. So they're really eco-friendly fibers. I enjoyed testing the papers, and I posted a video on YouTube showing the paper surfaces with some print samples. Check that out if you're interested in printing. Hanamula papers are very expensive, but I've tried a lot of papers, and in my opinion, Hanamula papers really are the best. Even though I've enjoyed the natural line and I value the effort to make photo papers more eco-friendly, I'll be continuing to use Barita surface papers for the time being. I just prefer that more traditional fiber-based black-and-white photo aesthetic. Now, summer isn't my favorite time for photography, I'll admit. So these hikes into Jefferson and to the cave represent me struggling to stay active when it's hot and humid and buggy outside. I saw two poisonous copperheads along hiking trails this summer, and I walked through countless spider webs on the hiking trails. I prefer to spend my time in the air conditioning, and one of my favorite guilty pleasures is searching antique shops looking for old photographs. When I find a good one, I'll make a YouTube video about it, partly because I like to provide a modicum of immortality to these faces from the past. In the 1800s, getting a photograph made wasn't as frequent as it is now, and in some cases, these photos I find in dusty boxes and antique shops may be the only photo of that person ever made. The photograph may even be the only tangible proof that that person ever existed. I love the idea that perhaps thousands of viewers on YouTube can see the faces of these people, and like I said, I can give them a modicum of immortality. I'm a bit of a research nerd too, and I also enjoy digging into the past of the photographers if their logo is imprinted on the photograph. And in some cases, if there's a name written on the photo, I'll look for information about the sitter as well, but that pretty rarely uncovers much detail. Sometimes I find a lot of fascinating details about the photographers, though. For example, Carl Thiel, a photographer active in Minnesota in the 1890s, got sued for stealing another man's wife. Another photographer named Benjamin Lockman, whose 
circa 1885 to 1890 cabinet card I discovered in an antique store in Tennessee was married to a woman who happens to be a distant relative of mine from my mother's side of the family, and they lived in Pennsylvania in the 1800s. And yet still another photographer named W.S. Lively was the founder of just the second ever school of photography in the United States, and it was located about an hour from me in a small town in Tennessee. What a coincidence. The school was rather progressive in one way. It was co-educational, welcoming male and female students and providing them with training in photography as a profession. And apparently it pulls students from around the country. When you research these guys, you never know what you'll find. The great American historian and writer David McCullough died recently. He wrote a number of great books, including 1776 and the seminal biography of John Adams. He was also the distinctive narrative voice in Ken Burns' documentary about the Civil War on PBS. I saw a 1995 interview where he said, and I'm quoting here, I found that contrary to the notion that the past is a dead thing, that in fact, wherever you scratch the surface, you find life. I love that. It sums up how I feel about my photographs of abandoned places too. They aren't just photographs of ruins and detritus. They're also photographs of places where people lived and worked and loved and laughed. Sure, there's wastes and decay now, but also stories of lives lived, if only we can hear them. Well, that pretty much wraps up all the things I was doing when I wasn't publishing new podcast episodes this summer. I encourage you to find me on Instagram and visit my YouTube channel where I've been pretty active in putting out photography-related videos this summer. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again real soon.